Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. Over the past few weeks, we've been going through a series called Vision Accomplished. And really, we've been speaking to uh, vision for your life and what God has put in you and and whatever dreams or passions and abilities God's put in you, um, visions that you desire to see accomplished in your life. But we've also been talking about vision for uh, the young adults community here at Tower Hill Church and the young adults community in the greater Manchester area and what God is desiring to do through us uh, in order to impact this city. And so the uh, the first week we talked about passion and how important it is to, to find what you're passionate about, what God has put in you. And then the second week we talked about pairing that passion with a need. Uh, and then last week, or the last time we met, uh, Steph shared about prayer. And, and really we've kind of ventured now into what it, what it takes to create a solution, right? If, you, if you're passionate about something and you finally find a need, now you're going to need to start creating a solution to meeting that need. And so over the next few weeks, that's really what we're going to be speaking to is how do you create a solution in your life? And even for this ministry and, and the church in general um, and our impact here and our legacy in Manchester, in this region, what do we need to do? First, we need to pray. And that's what we talked to. So if you didn't listen um, to last week's message, you can go online you can uh, subscribe. Whether you have, if you have an iPhone, you can just go to the podcast app on, on iTunes and just search uh, the 242 podcast. It's T-H-E-T-W-O, forgot to spell for a second, 42. Uh, and you can search that and you can subscribe and then just you'll, you'll be notified whenever a, podcast, a new podcast goes up. And that way you won't miss out on, on the messages that are given. You can stay up to date. But those are all available. So if you go to the podcast, you can listen to any of the past messages. But Steph talked about prayer. Prayer lays the foundation for us seeing God accomplish vision uh, in our lives. There's been a lot going on with the West Side Campus um, and so I'm blessed to be able to have uh, not only uh, a person who walks with me in life, but an anointed preacher as well. And so um, Steph's going to take it over and, uh, and just deliver a word. She's helping me uh, during this time and a lot of planning and preparation going in. And so I'm very thankful for her. And so I know you're going to deliver the word, babe. I'm excited. I'm kind of happy that it worked out because after I told him there was a part in the next chapter that I had read and I'm like, man, this is good. God's word is awesome and it's powerful. And I love this because I think it was something that spoke so um, personally to me. And it was a reminder of things that I wish I had known in the past, things that I, I, I would have applied differently, things that I would have done differently. And so even for you tonight, that that sometimes we want to jump ahead 25 feet and God's saying, hold on, you've got to walk one step at a time. And what I have for you is for a reason and for a purpose. And so we're going to pick up in Nehemiah chapter 2. And so if you've got your Bibles, I am a big proponent of like actual Bibles. Smartphones are great, but underlining a Bible is awesome. So 
bring one when you can because when you see, there's something about when you read it in the word of God that when you, you could circle it, you could put a note beside it. You can't really do that in your phone. So bring a Bible. It'll, I'm, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to encourage you. And so we're going to read basically the entire chapter of um, chapter 2. Early the following spring in the, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I never before appeared sad in his presence, so the king asked me, Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleased the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had also sent along um, army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sanballat and Hor uh, Horonite and Tobiah, the Ammonites official, heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. And we're going to park there just for a minute. But last, uh, a few weeks ago when we spoke, we talked about Nehemiah's prayer and how in his prayer he didn't ask God for a plan. And I talked about how I really felt like the Lord gave him his plan during prayer and fasting. And so when he came to the Lord, it was a very different prayer because there was he already had what God had put in him. And so we talked about how he reveres the Lord. He honors him. He lifts him high. How he repents for the sins of him, his family. He doesn't blame the nation of Israel. He goes and he, he goes with a repentant heart for for himself first and foremost then he reminds the lord of his promises and it's only at the end that he gives a request and i think it's interesting because in you know from verses 5 to 11 there's just one line that he says where he says please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me put it into his heart to be kind to me and so you see that it wasn't long. He didn't beg. He didn't have to drag it out. There was a confidence there. And so we come to chapter 2, and it says, early in the following spring, the month of Nisan. Now, if you go to chapter 1, it says that in the late autumn, in the month of Kislev, this is when he had heard about it. And so as I was reading different um, commentaries, they said that there was a four-month period between when he found out to when he actually spoke with the king. 
And my first point is the waiting period. Sometimes we pray and we expect God to answer immediately. God, you have to answer in my time. You need to do it the way I think is best. But sometimes God says, no, 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 that's not what I'm going to do. You need to wait. I'm going to have a period where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this to prepare you for what's coming. Sometimes delay is a blessing. And I think in a society where we have everything instantaneously, we can't, sometimes we can't wrap our minds around that. We can't understand why we have to wait. I get annoyed when my internet doesn't work. And I'm like, we're paying for fast internet and it's not working. Why? And like, it annoys me. But we can't have that attitude with the Lord. We can't go to him and be like, hey, God, let's go. Get a move on this because it needs to be done now. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay. Just... Thank God he's gracious, right? And he's like, I understand. I, I, I get it. But what I have for you is better. And so you're going to wait. Delay teaches us. It prepares us for what's to come. And as I was, as I was preparing this, it made me think of the verse in Romans um, 5, um, 3 to 5. I don't know why I put my bookmark in chapter 8. But where Paul's talking about, we pick up in 3, he says, We can rejoice too when we run into tro- uh, problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And sometimes when we're going through things, we forget that endurance develops strength of character. And I don't care what anybody says. I have met people who have thrown in the towel. And you know what? They're not stronger. If anything, they're weaker because they, they're discouraged. They're disappointed. But when you have something in your heart, when you know with full confidence that the Lord has given you a a vision, a dream, he has given you a plan, and you sit on it, even when you're waiting, even in the waiting period, it will produce an endurance within you. And that will produce a strength of character. Because guess what? It's not going to get easier. Things don't just like, well, now I jumped over this hurdle. I've gone through this trial, this little, you know, uh, challenge, and that's it. I'm done. That's not how life works. There's going to be things. But as you allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to produce that character, that patient endurance within you, what happens? It, then you get a confident hope. Delay doesn't, it doesn't mean that God's forgotten. He's saying, I've got something that I want to produce within you. He's saying, I've got endurance that I'm going to produce, strength of character that I'm going to produce, confident hope that I'm going to produce. And you know what? As I read the story of Nehemiah, I see all of those things. I see every single one of those attributes 
Nehemiah was burdened for his city. He was burdened for his people. But something was produced within him during that time of waiting. Sometimes it's in that season that God is solidifying his word. It's in that season that he's saying, I want you to rest because what I have for you is going to be great. Let me just solidify it. Let me allow it to take root within you so that when it comes to fruition, it's not easily plucked out of you. Could you imagine if after the next day, Nehemiah's like, okay, this is what we're doing. And this, and somebody comes and says, who do you think you are? And he'll be like, you know, it's, well, it's true. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I didn't hear from the Lord. Maybe, like, that waiting period, it allowed the vision that God had given him to take root. And roots are important. We've been talking about that. When a seed is planted, and that's all over the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Jesus talks about seeds that fall on different soils and how there's things that pluck them up. If you don't allow things to take root within you, it will easily be choked out by thorns. It will be snatched away. It will be uprooted. Why? Because there is nothing that is taking root within you. You will be easily swayed. The waiting period is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We can often question God, why aren't you answering me? God, why aren't you doing what you said you were going to do? But it's in that time that he's refining you, right? What does it say that, like, he refines us? I want to, when I go through things, I want to come out like gold, silver, bronze. I don't want to be hay, rubble, and stone that's going to burn up. I want the Lord to know that when I go through difficulties, I'm going to stand firm. I am going to come out refined, ready for what you have because he prepares you. It's a season of refining. It's a season where he's producing within us what we need to receive the answer. God, he's not like us. And, and I think sometimes we try to, in our minds, we try to put him at our level. But he is like far beyond. And we need to trust. When, when we don't see things, we need to trust and rest in that, that he's in control. Waiting is not always easy. But I will say it's always beneficial. Most often or more often than not, when God does not answer in your time, but he answers in his time, you'll look back and you'll see that his timing was perfect. And a lot of times, like again, you know how they say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Where it's like, oh, I wish I knew that. You know, like when you're 20, you're like, oh, I'm not going to. And then when you're 30, you're like, Oh, I wish I knew that when I was 20 and I was doing that stupid thing. And then you're 40 and you're like, oh, just listen to me. Please listen to me because I was there and I remember that. But you have to figure it out yourself. 2020, vision, hindsight is 2020. And, but when you then see how God took you, when you wait 
and you allow him to let his time be the perfect timing, you see, God, I wasn't ready then. Thank you. Thank you for delaying. Thank you for the waiting period because now I'm able to to walk in. I'm able to bring to fruition what you have put in my heart differently than I would have been able to five months ago, four years ago, whatever it is. A lot of times if God responds in our timing, we wouldn't be fully prepared to handle what he's put in our hands. And sometimes we think we are. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, yeah. But then again, hindsight, right? You look back and you're like, I would have done this differently. I would have done that differently. I would have maybe, you know, waited a little. And you could see. And this is where sometimes we need to learn. Just learn from God's word, right? It's there. It's all there. Sometimes we might need to dig a little bit for it, but that's okay. That never hurt anybody because God has like under these layers, he has so much truth that is for our benefit. While in the waiting season, thank God for what's coming. Ask him to show you what needs to be refined within you. Take time to seek his face. Like we spoke of last week, Spend time in prayer, giving him honor, repenting, reminding him, and then submitting those requests to him. Spend time in prayer. Stay strong in the Lord. But there are also things that we shouldn't do when we're in the waiting period. We shouldn't blame God. God, you know, if you would have come through, this would have been so much. I can't even believe that you... Don't blame him. He's almighty. All, and it, what a blessing that he desires to use each one of us in unique ways. Don't blame him. Don't get angry with him. Don't. He could handle frustration, and I think that frustration is a normal thing where it's like, God, I'm not understanding. But when you like, when you're straight up like angry, like that's not good. And not that he can't handle even that, but it's not good for you. And we'll talk about that. Don't doubt what he's spoken. A lot of times in the waiting, I'm a thinker. Do we have any other thinkers in here? Okay. I could like think and think and think and think and think and like come with like, you know, in five minutes, I have like 17 different like avenues of how things could go. And sometimes he'll be like, you need to stop like Okay, you're thinking about this way too much. But in that, sometimes we could doubt, was it really God? Did he really say that to me? Was it just me? How do I know? God, was it your voice? I know I know your voice, but wait, was it you? Maybe I was wrong this time. Like, you could go through that. Don't doubt what he's put in your heart. God, maybe this vision isn't what you want for me. Maybe that wasn't your dream. Maybe you actually have something different and I just misinterpret. Maybe it's my dream and I'm saying that it's your dream. Like, these aren't good things to do. And then don't throw in the towel. You can't. Because what all of these things do is it gives a foothold to the enemy. And what does the enemy love to do? He loves to steal, kill, and destroy. 
He loves to deceive. He loves to lie to you. He loves to cause you to doubt. He loves to put in question marks. And he will, and all of a sudden, you're doubting our good heavenly father. And you're putting things on him that aren't, don't even belong to him. Attributes that, that don't even fit his character. Because you're allowing the enemy's voice to be stronger than the word of God. Stronger than the voice of the Lord. You know, think about people in the Bible. Again, that waiting period. Sometimes it's, you know, again, four months for Nehemiah. It wasn't like, it wasn't a long time. But think about Abraham, who received a promise that he'd have a son. And it wasn't four months or four years. It was 25. Okay, 25 could you imagine, like, well, maybe maybe it'll be this year. Maybe, maybe it'll be this year. You know, and I love what I, it says in Romans where even though he saw his body, his faith didn't weaken. It just got stronger. I was just, I was just sharing with Wumi. I read something on Instagram my cousin had posted, and I wish I had screenshot it, but it was along these lines that faith produces a restful heart. Faith doesn't produce anxiety and unrest. And if that's what you have, it said maybe faith is just in your head. It's just something that you're thinking. But when you fully believe what God has done, there's a peace that takes over. There's a rest that settles in your spirit. Think about Joseph, that he had these dreams, the stars and the moon and the sun bowing down, and these, these clusters of hay bowing down. And, and, you know, that could have been something that he's like, well, maybe I ate something weird. Like, do you ever have that where you eat something and that night you're like, I had really weird dreams. He could have just, you know, I don't know, maybe it was, maybe I had gas and that was like the result. I just had bad, weird dreams. Like when you think about from the time that he had those to the time that the drought came, that was a long period of time. And yet sometimes we're ready to just like, you know what, I'm done with this, God. After a year or four or whatever it is, you also need to recognize that it could be a spiritual battle. Um, my husband and I are listening to a series right now um, on angels and demons, and um, it's phenomenal. <laughs> And it reminded us that there, again, and we know this, but there's a battle going on in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realms that we don't see. And there are enemies who are actively trying to come against you. And so we can't take things lightly because sometimes in the waiting period, there's actually a physical, a spiritual battle taking place. And the example that he used was Daniel. 
how Daniel prayed, and the moment he prayed, God heard his prayer. But there was a battle for three weeks. And Michael, the archangel, had to come to take over that battle so the messenger can be sent, could be sent to Daniel to deliver the message. And I love what the pastor said. He said, there was a delay for an 80-year-old man who knew how to pray. Like, when you think about it, Daniel was what... When he was thrown into the lion's den, why would that happen? Because he prayed three times a day to his God, unashamedly. And, and this was a man who, he was connected to the Lord, and still there was a spiritual battle. If, if you're not connected to the Lord, know that there's going to be a, a tug of war for, for your soul. And that's where you need to stay strong in the Lord. You cannot allow things to sway you. I understand that life will throw you some curveballs, but you can never allow those things to just crumble your walk with the Lord. If anything, it's during those times that you run harder and stronger. You're in his word more. You're on your knees because there is something going on. Delay isn't sometimes because the Lord is delaying. Sometimes there is something in the spiritual taking place that is preventing what God has for you to come to completion. The enemy doesn't know the future, but he could see things. If he knows this person, man, she could do damage. He could do damage to the kingdom of, of hell or heaven. Like how, I don't know, like, you know what I mean though, right? You know, like you could impact. And so like, do you think it's not going to be, let me try to stop anything that might take place? And that's where, again, know your word Know your word. Know your word. Develop your relationship with the Lord. Talk to him regularly. Be sensitive to his voice. Proclaim his promises over your life. That, it's so essential. And you know what? The waiting period is a perfect time to do that. 